Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode four. Hi, everyone. So today we have got a great guest and also it's time to celebrate because this is where we start our live interviews with experts all over the world where they can share their knowledge and experience and how to make your business, your life more effective and more enjoyable. So today's guest is the lovely Lisa Dad. Lisa walked away from a successful career at a Fortune 100 company to find more meaning, purpose and fun. Lisa Dad transformed more than her job, her decision to invest in what she was meant to be in life rather than settle for what she was doing for a living, inspired her to interview individuals who have also turned in their day jobs to follow their passions. So in her first book, Finding Fabulous, Paving the Pathway Between Paycheck and Passion, Lisa shares what she learned from those interviews and dares us to consider whether or not we are living our own version of fabulous. Well, I love that intro. This took us a bit of a while to get there, but welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. It's great to be here. <laughs> and, you know, like I say, it's, you're our first interview guest. And I wanted that because the topic that you talk about, I think, is one of the, for me, it's one of the key areas in developing a success IQ. Um, but just before we really get into that, that sort of the passion, the definition of purpose and those sort of things, could you give us a little bit more history about your background and what sort of brought you to this point today? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, as you said, from my background, I spent uh, nearly 15 years in the corporate world. Um, I was in the healthcare industry doing sales and marketing and management. And, you know, I was sort of climbing that corporate ladder. Uh, and it seemed that every each year with um, successive promotions, I was becoming less and less satisfied and happy in what I was doing. And so when I thought I should be getting happier because my career was quote unquote successful, I actually was feeling less and less satisfied and less and less connected with what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and also looking at your looking at your bio as well as you've done so many cool things and been to so many cool places. Is was that part of that journey and discovery to find out what you wanted to do or was that part of that? Well, it both really. Um, initially, I believe it was sort of almost accidental. It's that I had such dissatisfaction with what I was doing um, in my corporate life that I would take on these other challenges. You know, when I decided to climb to the base camp of Mount Everest, it was partially because I just needed something that was challenging, something that was going to um, remind me that I'm alive, really. I was feeling so numb in my day-to-day job um, that I took on that, uh, you know, this big challenge. Um, And so initially it started out that way. And certainly I learned so many things from those adventures. And yet there was still this underlying dissatisfaction because then I would come back home and get back into the day-to-day of my, my job. Since then, I actually more intentionally create um, opportunities to go on adventures because it has become part of my, my work and my play. Yeah, fantastic. And also, we, we, we live in this unfortunate place with a lot of people that just seem to either settle for mediocrity or they just settle into thinking that that's the way life should be, that sort of you know, you go to work, you charge your batteries at weekend, you go back to work the following week. And you can see, you know, the dissatisfaction, you can see the high levels of stress that that causes. And, you know, do you think it's because we are maybe brainwashed to think that 
we can't achieve the, that type of life that we're, we're looking for? You know, I, I do. I do believe that. And I think it goes even a little bit deeper than that. I, I talk about this in my book in terms of all of the different ways we're influenced into believing our, our creating our own definitions of success that we see, you know, when we're, we're being raised by our parents and what impact um, the attention and energy they put on various things uh, we see in society through TV and magazines and the Internet, what is sort of, quote unquote, success. And so I found when I was interviewing people and I would start to ask them, what their definition definition of success was, I wanted to know how it evolved through the process of sort of leaving their um, their job behind and, and going towards something else. And it was interesting to see that the majority of people either never defined it for themselves, hadn't even really thought of it, or they would sort of give this um, almost standard definition. You know, I thought it was the big job, the big house, the car, you know. And so it was like people hadn't really given it a lot of thought. And yet it seemed that this whole transformation that they made put them through the process of actually figuring out what does success mean to me? What do I even want? And how will I know when I have when I've achieved it? Yeah. And it's quite I mean, I know when I when I kind of first start, even when I just left left school and started to work, it was it was listening to Tony Robbins or it was listening to some other personal development. And it was kind of like going, no, that's what I want. I want his lifestyle, Mm -hmm. not I want mine. And I found that through many years I was pursuing well, I describe it as the bling rather than anything else. It was, you know, the nice cars, the big house, the the lovely holidays. That proved to me that I was being successful. And yeah. then through my illness, which you know left me left me ill for six years, and I couldn't really connect or I was disconnected from everything. It was going through that experience where it was really understandable. Hang on, what is it that makes people happy? You know, for me, my definition of success is life is happy fulfilled and fun you know and I've got to put an impact onto other people's lives and I think it's when you discover that and when you have the courage I guess to pursue it as well because that's the other thing isn't it it's that courage Mm-hmm. yeah you- and I think the courage definitely gets stronger as you get clearer with what you want yeah. Um, it, it's it's when you're a little bit fuzzy and, and, you know, you brought up a good point, you know, you were watching Tony Robbins and people like that. I think that's OK as long as we, we recognize I want this part of it, but not that part of it. Yeah. I could have this part of it, but I'd rather have this part of it. And, and it, they can seeing what other people accomplish can give us little clues to what we want. The question is just do we actually then put it through a filter of our own life and start to really believe, you know, I don't have to have it exactly the same way someone else does because I don't want yeah. it that particular way, right? Yeah, and also is is I I find it quite amazing how many people even in the UK talk about I want a million dollars. And say, well, <laughs> right. what, 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 where does this figure come from? Because people will talk about you know one of their ideals for goals for success is financial freedom or you know more financial independence or whatever it is but they think that the million pounds or million dollars is going to give them that where actually it doesn't have to be that high depending on how you want to live and how you want to experience your life and I think that that value of what the freedom would look like again in my book I, I asked the question you know if I could write you a check right now for the exact amount that it would take you to drop everything and go chase your dreams you know what would that check be written for yeah and a lot of people don't really know what that is no. and um, you know someone might say oh 20 million dollars I say okay have you done the math like do you really need 20 million dollars yeah. for that yeah. um, you know it's it's really not a specific amount and sometimes that amount changes I had yes. come to the point in my career I was paid very very well and yet I realized 
that I would be happy to make half as much money if I could be twice as happy. Yes. That was my first thought. And then, of course, the second thought was, I'd rather make twice as much and be twice as happy. Um, But, you know, it's not doesn't have to be a trade off, but definitely putting that amount of money into a completely different perspective when you realize how unhappy you are in general. Yeah. And I suppose there's an element of it. It's sometimes it's about putting putting ourselves first. And rather than and, and rather than always trying to satisfy others. We sometimes I call it being positively selfish because sometimes it's about well what do I need in order to benefit me which will benefit the others around me, not just I, love that. I will always do you know my parents have said that this is the way to be successful or my parents have said that I'm not going to be happy unless I'm a I know the the common one that I used to hear was a doctor or a lawyer or you know an accountant or something that is a a meaningful job, but where right. you know but all of a sudden is is that that you look at it and you go. Yeah, but that doesn't make me happy. And if it doesn't make you happy and we live in this world where there's people that will say it's not about being happy, it's about putting money on the table. But why can't you do both? Right. And it's and so how share share with us some tips or or strategy that we can use to help get more clarity on on working out what our definition is. Well, I love that you brought up happiness, actually, because the more I did the interviews, the more I realized I had to I I was struggling. Do I need a chapter on happiness and success or are they the same thing? Mm -hmm. And in the end, I decided to give them each their own chapter because I do believe people look at it differently. You know, the question is, will I be happy when I'm successful or does success make me happy? It's this chicken or the egg thing. Um, And happiness can be a huge clue and a huge um, indicator of what actually does make you feel successful. One of the interviews I did, I loved the way um, a gentleman actually from the UK, interestingly enough, um, how he put his idea of success. He, he often puts the filter of, will this make me happier? And so will I spend the time, the energy, the money, the efforts? Um, and if the question, does, do I think this will add to my happiness? Mm. If, if that's yes, then that gives him an indication to go forward on it. And it, it's, it's a nice, simple little filter um, yeah. to, to consider, you know, and sometimes, you know, if you bring it even back to money, the question is, you know, if I spend $10 on this, will it add to my happiness? You know, and some days the answer will be yes. And some days it will be no. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's a, do you think, have you found that when you've done these interviews, the, the more experience someone has, if you want living a life, they, the, the more, the, the, those life experiences have given them the lessons to go, actually, what is, what is the important or do you think that anyone even if it's someone who's you know 18 years old who's just left school university college could then start looking at developing that what does success mean I love that it would be a skill. I wish they taught it in school, actually. I yeah. wish that was something that they taught people. But we, you know, in school, what do they do? They give us a grading system. Yes. So it's like, you're only successful if you get an A in this particular subject. They don't say, you know what, you are so successful in making friends. You are so successful at inclusion of others. Like, I mean, they don't have parameters other than, you know, this math test or that yes. geography uh, yeah. quiz. So um, I, I do believe that I don't think it's, I think it's ageless because as I was interviewing people, 
again, I started to see this huge spectrum of age. So I had some young, uh, younger uh, individuals that were really only, say, five years into their corporate career before they started to say, wait a second. In fact, that gentleman I was speaking of, um, Tom, he was only in, I think, five years when he started to realize this isn't you know, adding to my happiness anymore. And then I spoke to another woman who was in her sixties and she was referring to her mother who was in her eighties and saying, you know, my mom has just started to blog and is selling products online. And she's, you know, it was almost like her 80 year old mother was uh, actually, I think she was 89. Um, her 89 year old mother was starting to, again, reevaluate what adds to my happiness because certainly at 89, she didn't need to be doing all of these things, but she was starting to say, this makes me feel good. Um, so whether you're 20 or whether you're, you know, 89, I don't know that it matters. Yeah, that's good because, I mean, obviously we've experienced this even at the beginning of the show. I, I do struggle with dyslexia and just reading simple text. So I know that one of my limitations in growing up was not thinking I could do anything really to achieve anything because mm-hmm. of this limitation. And it was, I guess, after my illness that I started to look at it and started to go, well, do you know what, that's, that doesn't mean anything. Because all it means is is that it's just a part. It doesn't stop me. It isn't a determinating factor that's going to stop me from enjoying it. What it is is it just drives me to look at different strategies to create success in my life. And luckily, I've got a job now that allows me to talk more than write. <laughs> well, yeah, although, you know, this is a perf- that's a great example for changing your perspective on what success means, because yeah. in the past, you could have been looking to say, could I have read this document out loud without stumbling? And if I do it perfect, then that's success. I mean, yeah. today, you, you could look at it as I stumbled about two or three times, but I kept going and I, I didn't make much of it. And everyone... Yeah. You know, got exactly what they needed, and I felt good at the end. So yeah. it, maybe that's success is not yeah. that you had to be perfect, but that you actually could do it without being perfect and feel good about it. And do you think there's an element of success was, which is about accepting that it doesn't have to be perfect? Definitely. Yeah. I, def- I mean, there's no, especially given that the majority of interviews I did, people were entrepreneurs. It's if you wait for things to be perfect, they, you never do anything. You get stuck. And look, I'm, I'm, I'm my own worst um, enemy on that one. Um, it's definitely something that I still struggle with today is saying, look, it's does not have to be perfect. You'll yeah. never do anything if you wait for perfection. Yeah. And I think that's a, a that's a golden nugget of information. There. It's not about, it's not about waiting till it's great. I think it's, I can't remember which book it was or who told me. It might have been a podcast that basically said is if you, if you wait till it's perfect before you ship it, you're already too late. Yeah. And I've heard another um, explanation recently, which I love is um, another entrepreneur had said, you know, perfection isn't waiting till something's perfect before you release it. If you you release it, you get some feedback, you take it back, you fix it, you release it again, you you take it back, you fix it. It's this, that is what is perfect. That's what perfecting even means is that if you don't have that feedback, um, what are you, you're not perfecting anything. He he calls it being selfish. You're keeping it to yourself by keeping, you know. I like that. I like that. Yeah. It's always striving to make it better than it was is that that's really what it's about so let's say someone's wanting to really work on their do you consider a definition of success and a a purpose or a vision two different things or do you see them as the same a same thing um i 
I'm going to say I see them differently. Okay. So I think we can have a vision because what I've worked on and what I've realized recently is um, how important it is to not be completely attached to how things show up. Okay. So if I had left the corporate world, I left the corporate world almost four years ago. And if I had been completely set on my success, leaving the corporate world will look like this. Um, I would have been really disappointed because I had no idea what it was going to look like. And so um, I like this idea of being having high expectations of what you want and being completely open to how it shows up. Mm. Um, and so that's why I think the vision, you can have a vision for what you want. And as you go forward, you say, what does success look like? Um, you know, I think you have to also have what does success look like on a day to day basis and what yes. will it what do I think it will feel like, you know, longer term. And yes. so on a day to day, you can say, you know, today, you know, if I can get up and, and I can feel good at the end, you know, I've, I'm, I'm working towards what I want. Um, I do it with joy and happiness. Uh, I meet some interesting people along the way, whatever it is that people want their success to look like, but being okay with the fact that something else might show up that's even better than you ever dreamed of. And that wouldn't be unsuccessful. No, no, I like that. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Brilliant. Okay. So that w thank you very much for sharing that because I think that's a, a really great way of talking about how we do it. Do you, do you think, how do you find the best way or in your experience with your interviews and maybe with yourself? There's two questions I'm really intrigued about. Number one is obviously you're, uh, you talk about being open to the, to the possibilities and open to what's going to happen. Do you, yeah. How much of that do you listen to your intuition or your gut when you are looking at those sort of things? Um, <laughs> I find the more I'm able to do that, the easier um, it is and the more I enjoy it. Okay. But I have to admit that's a very hard thing to do. Yes. Um, it's, it's also something that I'm getting better at, but it, I still struggle with that idea of um, – not having to figure all the steps out and, and actually just allowing myself to to follow and listen to that intuition. Because hmm. when I'm charging ahead, I'm often not listening to it. Yeah. Um, you know, the intuitive, if you talk about intuition, that was really what led me to leave my corporate job. Yeah. Like I, I literally had a moment standing in my kitchen and it made no rational sense that I would just up and leave my job. Um, I had no one else to pay my bills. But at the same time, it was like in my gut, I knew it was exactly the right time and the right decision. And mm. so in that instance, I was listening to my intuition yeah. for sure. Yeah, brilliant. And the next question is, how much detail do you think someone has to put in their vision? Because you read an awful lot of um, – books and they talk about you know super detailed down to the to the sort of finite details do you think that is a is beneficial doing it like that or do you think it can be can be challenging and can could possibly be a, a stumbling block or a, a, a momentum stopper if someone took created that much detail on them yeah, I think it actually can be both. Um, okay. I know that's sitting in the middle, but the reason I say that is because I believe that we're, we're all different in the way that we um, accomplish things and we're all different. We're different in the way that we see things. And so someone like me who wants to have all the details, it's limiting to me because when I don't have the details, I think I can't dream that bigger dream because I haven't figured out how to do it. And so right. – so anyone who's like me who really needs to just think of the big picture and then listen more to the intuition and go forward as things feel right and seem right and bring me joy, that those are my signs. Other people, um, I do believe there is some benefit in them, you know, having this, you know, they, they talk about that clear, the clearer you are, um, the more chance it will show up in your life. There are some people I think that can um, 
have more specific clarity of what it looks like. At the same time, I would still say to that person is that put it out there, think that and want that. It's great. And also move forward, knowing, being open to the fact that, again, it may not show up exactly the way you, you know, yeah. lined it up to be because you may not be thinking this is what I've learned as well over the past couple of years. Um, I won't, wouldn't have put in things that have shown up for me because I wouldn't I didn't know that I wanted them until they were right in front of me. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, if we, we seem to think that right now what we want, we're just looking at the filter of what we know we can want right now. Yeah. And, you know, as life moves on and we start meeting new people and going to new places and having new experiences, all of a sudden it's like, wait a second, I can want that? I didn't even know that existed. Yes. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. And, and it because as you grow, your confidence grows and your desire for different things and all sorts, that grows as well, doesn't it? It does, for sure. Fantastic. Brilliant. Well, Thank you very much for sharing me with uh, that amazing amount of knowledge and, and insight. What we're going to do now is we're going to go to the, qu- the sort of the question time, okay? Sure. So, so sit and get comfortable because okay. <laughs> um, we, will, we will see what comes up. Um, so the first question is, question one is, how much time do you spend a month on your own development, on personal development? Oh, gosh. Um, I think I spend a little time every single day (laughs) on that Mm -hmm. I think it's a work in progress definitely okay and is there a is there a a a vehicle that you find best is it reading is it audiobooks podcasts what is for you the your best you the one you like to use the most um yeah I would say I use them all um and sometimes um I just have to change up the medium sometimes in terms of getting it. So sometimes it is podcast and I feel really inspired. Um, other times, um, I do prefer to read. Um, and then other times it's simply just incorporating some, I actually have to do something. So, um, incorporating some rituals, morning rituals, things that I've read. So I think sometimes it's simply actually implementing (laughs) some of that rather than always just listening to somebody else. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. And do you have a strategy where you will read some content, take notes and then put them in action or do you just kind of like go through the motion and then there's, you pick only certain useful tips that then then you action or is it how does that work I mean, I think it's natural that we either re- resonate with something or we don't. And yeah. so that's the first filter is, okay. wow, this guy gets me. I totally, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that definitely is the first filter. If it's like, eh, I don't really like that. It's it's easy to brush it off. You know, yes. maybe it's just I'm not ready for that tip or maybe it's that I don't agree with it. Um, but I would say um, it depends on what I'm I'm listening to. For example, okay. sometimes when I'm hiking and if I'm listening to just something that's sort of motivational, inspirational, hearing somebody's story, sometimes I just let it soak in. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's something specific specific that I'm looking to change my own behavior or habit, I'm more apt to sit down with a pen and paper, listening, stop, pausing, writing notes, going back. So it totally depends on, okay. on what I'm feeling. Brilliant. Okay. So question two is, what is your favorite personal development book and why? Oh, gosh. <laughs> favorite personal development book. Um, I don't know if I could just pick one. Okay. Um, Try. Yeah, let me think about that. Can I think about that? Yeah, come back to that we'll one? come back to that one. Okay. Okay. So what is your favorite app? Oh, um, Evernote. Yeah, okay. That that's a very popular one. We're actually doing a show solely on Evernote because oh, it's perfect. generally the first one that comes up. It's the first one that everyone uses. And I keep saying to people as if they've never heard of it, I'm not quite sure where they've been. Because it's it's one of those tools that's absolutely really useful. So, um, okay, so question four is, what's your biggest business mistake and what did it teach you? 
Oh gosh. Um, my biggest business is mistake. Um, I think trying to, um, trying to put out work before I was really clear. So okay. I created a lot of courses and, um, and, and eBooks and, um, products in general that sort of got stopped because I was too early in the process of just the doing and not sitting and thinking really, what is it that I want to accomplish with this? What do I want the value to be for people? Um, so I think that's the biggest mistake is trying, I guess I would say going, um, faster than you need to, right? Sometimes we need to, we do need to slow down and really get it right before you release. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes slow is fast. Just mm-hmm, doing exactly. that slow thing. Brilliant. Okay. So question, uh, where are we now? Because that book one hasn't been answered yet. So one, two, three, four, five. Okay. So number <laughs> question five is what are your challenges in balancing between work and life? What What do you find is your uh, biggest challenge in trying to balance? Distractions. Okay. Um, there's a – yeah, I find that um, – it's very easy to get distracted by, um, what other people are doing. Um, you know, I think that we find that when I go on the, I can go on Facebook for a specific business purpose and get sort of distracted, um, looking into other things. And so I think, um, the more I can manage my distractions, the more productive I am. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing how many different types of cats, dogs, and everything else you can find on Facebook when you don't want to, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Shiny shiny new objects and squirrels. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So then the, um, um, question next one is is what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had had when you started on this on this journey what one gem could you let the last interview with a, a gentleman called simon raybould he said processes and systems mm-hmm. what would what would what would you love to suggest an advice on um my advice would would be to spend um and an appropriate, adequate enough time to, I don't know what that exactly is for each person, yeah. but really understanding what, what you want, okay. what would make you happy. Cause I think even in terms of getting the right processes and systems down, it's mm. like that needs to align with what you really want for your yes. life. You yes. know, so you can spend all the time getting a process down for creating emails and all these things when really what might be better for you is just to outsource that to somebody else. Yes. Because, you know, if your joy is writing and speaking, then let someone else do that part. So yeah. until you're completely clear on that and in this, I've been guilty of this the last few years as well, is I get so distracted doing all of these things that I think this isn't, this isn't the fun part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so really understanding what you want is it can help you actually pick where you invest your time and energy. Yeah, because the more the more and more you you go on this entrepreneurial road, the more you realize there is so much, so many different things that can distract you from doing what what your calling was, why you started it in the first place, and it's trying yeah. to as quick as possible. It's trying to work out how you can get someone else to do it, or how you can make the how you can make it easier for you, so you can go and do the things you need to do. I, you know, I just thought of one other one. Can I add a second yeah, one? Of course you can. <laughs> Um, the other one is also finding a tribe of other entrepreneurs to be around you. It's yeah. very isolating, lonely job. It can be. Yeah. And it's really important to find the, the, the people that you resonate with that support you and are on the same kind of path as you to be doing it with you. Okay, fantastic. Okay, so we're going to go back to the book question because you, okay. tact- you tactically avoided <laughs> that one, didn't you? So it doesn't necessarily have to be a personal development book, but it's something that gave you a lesson or taught you something. Yeah. Um, 
Let me think. Um, there's, there's so, there's so many. <laughs> I'm trying know, to, I know. Don't worry. Blank can, the, the power with editing. Uh, we can just edit the ums, and we can give you a snappy answer. So okay, perfect. <laughs> okay, let me just think here. What would I say? Um, I, it, the one that keeps popping to my mind. I don't even know if it is the biggest one, but is is think and grow rich. But yeah. um, I, you know, it's it's a classic. I guess yes. what all it it does. I mean, what it did for me too is it just speaks to possibility. It yeah. speaks to, yeah. you know, the fact that anybody can do anything. They put their mind to it. If yeah. They just decide, you know, what it is they want. So that's and definitely one of them. It's, the other, it's the, the other one I would say is. Go on, sorry. No, no, go on. Oh, the other ones I would say um, that is helping, that's helped me most recently is Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now. Right, okay. Um, I think it's very simple. It's very easy when you step into a new space to either get trapped in your past of what's, you know, dragged you down this point on, or when you're creating something new to be anxious about the future and what it's going to look like. And, um, just pulling back to focusing on what's going on right now and what are you enjoying now and what is life like now um, has been helpful to minimize those distractions I talked about and to, um, yeah, to get more joy <laughs> out of what I'm doing. Excellent. Okay. So the final question is the life lesson question. Okay. So basically what you do is I ask my guests okay. to pick a number between 1 and 50 and whatever number they pick, there is a lesson related to that number and then we talk about that and see if how it affected you in if you've learned something the same way or perhaps it's just a discussion point. So. I love this, by the way. This is so much fun. This cool. is fun. Um, but the number that popped into my head while you were talking was 36. 36 is, I'm like a game show host. Oh, where, <laughs> be, be wary of opinions. So basically, Ooh, basically what the, for me, what this comes about, there's an awful lot of people out there that are happy to give opinions but they don't necessarily like the feedback. Mm. And for me, it is if you don't want to ask someone's opinion, don't ask for their opinion. And <laughs> it, can either, it can either put you in dangerous waters or you, uh, from, an ex, sort of from people asking me for an opinion, or if I look at it, is I just take it from a natural place of wanting to grow. And I'm, being, I'm curious mm. to know what you think. I love this. You know, when I was a, when I was young, I used to always say to my mom, even when she'd ask me a question, I'm like, do you want the an- the real answer? Yeah. <laughs> you need to be careful of what you ask people um, to yes. see if you really want the answer. Now, what I would say in this whole entrepreneurial uh, space that I play in now is um, being wary of opinions is that uh, not everybody, this goes back, this comes full circle back to our definition of success yeah. is that N- nobody can really fully know someone's de- someone else's definition of success. And so if you're asking someone's opinion on which way to go or which which path to take, you got to understand they may not fully realize what it is that you want in your life and what success you have. And so what they're doing is they're basing their answer on what they want and what they see and what their experience has been. And although it can be helpful to have different opinions to formulate your own. Um, I do, I do believe you have to be a bit wary that, um, no one really knows, but you, and at the end of the day, you get to sit with yourself, be still and know that the answer is already inside of you. And the answer that you probably respond to the most from someone else is actually just reflective of what's already in you anyway. Yeah. And quite often it's kind of like, Oh, I knew that, but I just didn't want to admit it myself. Oh, and it, right, and so someone else had to say it before you could yeah. fully accept it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's also it's that it's and and if if someone asks you for a, a opinion, 
just do that question where are you sure you want an opinion or do you just want to hear what you want to hear because there's a lot of entrepreneurs that want want opinions in the sense of growing there's a lot of people that do but unfortunately there's another lot of people that just want generally smoke blown up somewhere to because they want to <laughs> you know because they want their ego boosted not necessarily and i just think from a from a place of growth you know be truthful be honest because quite often in my experience people will respect that as long as they are willing and open to expect accept an opinion i think that's yeah. where the, that's where the danger comes well, and it's, you know, you write, that raises a really good point about whether they're willing to accept it. Often we throw our opinions at people before asking if they're, if they want one, right? Yeah. So it's like, oh, well, I think you should do this instead of saying, are you open to suggestions? Yeah. Are you open to coaching? Did you yeah. want an opinion on that? And if they say, no, not really, I'm, I'm set. Okay, yeah. great. Then you can yeah. hold your tongue because we often will throw our opinions out without being I do, asked. I do. I have, because I'm so passionate about helping people. I know in the early days of coaching, I had to, I, I kind of like had to learn <laughs> Not to, to bite your tongue. Yeah, not, not to immediately jump in and go, well, have you ever tried this? And how does that make you feel? And go through all of the questions. Because you just, it's like, it, well, for me, it's just, a, it's just a way of life. It's something that I'm very passionate about. And I want to help as many people as possible. But I understand that there's, I've learned never coach family members. That's number yes. one. That, that actually should be a life lesson. Really? It should be. It, it but, you know, as, as, as part of this be wary of opinions part is you can yeah. also say, um, you know, if you're on the receiving end of a, somebody throwing yeah. a bunch of opinions at you is that mostly people are good intentioned. Yes. Absolutely. So you can say, you know, I, I've heard his opinion. I didn't really like it, but he was good intentioned and I don't have to take it in. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I can just let a person give an opinion and let it just be that. You yeah, know? yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for sharing that. I'm very grateful for you. And could you take a few moments to share with our guests you know, how they can get hold of you, if there's any, you know, upcoming programs or events that they can do and any social media links that will also be added to the show notes as well. Um, and thank you very much for being on the show. Yes, thank you very much for having me. Um, the easiest way for them to get a hold of me is through my website, which is uh, www.lisadad.com, and dad is D-A-D-D. Um, and that way they'll take links to my book. Um, I'm in the process. By the time this airs, I'll have my audio book up there as well, and also an opportunity if they would like to have um, power strategy sessions for their own um, their own journey as they step into it, and even a group. Uh, I have a group uh, coaching program as well that they could join so um all of it through my website um is the best spot and lisa dad finding fabulous is uh the facebook page brilliant thanks very much lisa have an amazing day and if you want to ask me any questions please send an email to podcast at jeffnicholson.co.uk the email address is in the show notes as well i look forward to always hearing your questions and also suggestions about types of guests and types of topics that you'd also like us to cover on the show so to wish you all an amazing day have a great day wishing you the greatest success thank you